will hallelujah praise Jesus for what he's done for us at Calvary. Thank the Lord. He is so good. Well, welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. So happy that you're listening, and I pray you'll be blessed. And so tonight I'm going to teach on yokes of slavery. And so before we start, I'll just pray. Lord, I just lift you up tonight, and I ask that you be glorified. I ask that every life be touched. Lord, I, I just want you to be glorified. I want every person to be able to be victorious after this talk, Lord, in Jesus' name. We thank you for your word, Lord, that's forever settled in heaven, that you watch over your word to perform it. Lord, I just break the power of pain over every person who's listening to this message in Jesus' name. I ask you to cover us with the blood of Jesus. We thank you for your angels. Are not your angels ministering spirits sent to help and care for those who would receive your salvation? So, Lord, we ask you to send forth your angels to whatever kind of angel we need to help us, Lord. We, we throw ourselves on your mercy. I pray, Lord, that I be a tree of life, that rivers of living water come forth from my innermost being. Thank you that your word is forever settled in heaven. You watch over your word to perform it. You pardon our iniquities. You heal all of our diseases. You redeem our soul from the pit. You crown our life with loving kindness and truth. You renew our youth as that of the eagle. And in Jesus' name, Lord, there are so many uh, listening that are believing you for healing, and I'm believing you too, Lord. We just ask you to show us what we're not seeing, Lord. We're missing something. Your word is true, Lord. Your word is truth. But, Lord, we just ask you to give us ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart that can understand so that we can turn and be healed and cover every listener with the blood of Jesus. I ask you to put angels around every listener in Jesus' name. And Satan, I bind you, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. I bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth. Forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us or anyone that's listening in. In Jesus' name, I bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual spoken over this program, over Dorothy, her family, over me, my family, and all those who listen. Lord, we pray a special covering of warrior angels over us and over our president to boomerang back on the enemy every curse and assignment sent against us. In Jesus' name, we just bless you, Lord, and we glorify you, and we honor you, and we say, Lord, you're the king. You're our boss. You're our savior, our creator, our healer, our deliverer. And, Lord, we just thank you that you are the living word of God. So, Lord, I pray for revelation knowledge for each person. I just loose over each person the fear of the Lord, the conviction of sin, and the truth that sets us all free in Jesus' name. Well, the title of this message is Yokes of Slavery. And, you know, a yoke is a picture of subjection or servitude. Uh, You know, in the old days, and maybe they still do it, they yoke up oxen, and then people would be yoked with physical yokes that you could see physically. Uh, Also, I think mules would be yoked. They would put yokes on mules' necks. And so those are physical yokes, but we're talking about a spiritual yoke that you cannot see with the human eye. And so Jesus gives us an invitation to wear his yoke. He says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And so if you're living in a, a life of unrest, then uh, you are got a different yoke on. You, you don't have the yoke of Jesus. And, you know, I, I was just, before I finish reading that scripture, I was just thinking today how, how much I've enjoyed this time that we've not had to do. Of course, I'm still working, still doing stuff, but not having to go anywhere. And, uh, you know, Americans have been so busy. They haven't known God's rest. And today I was talking to the lady that that uh, does, my, does my hair, and she said, you know, I needed this rest. And so hopefully uh, we've learned what God's trying to teach us in this season where we've had to stay at home and not go anywhere. And uh, I trust that God is bringing us into his rest. And I just tell you what we're going through, just fear not. God Fear is of the devil. Fear is faith in what the devil says rather than what God says to you. And so uh, God tells us to fear not, be of good courage, that he will come with vengeance and he'll save us. And uh, we have no other place to go but him. So I thank the Lord for his yoke 
where he says in Matthew 11:28 and 29, Come unto me, me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And so if you're living in unrest, you've got the wrong yoke on your neck. In fact, in Deuteronomy 28, it, one of the curses is unrest. I don't know what the verse is, but it's in Deuteronomy 28. It says there'll be no resting place for the sole of your feet, a trembling heart problems, and failing eyes and despair of soul. And so the yoke of Jesus is light and easy where he says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. So it's something we have to choose to do for it's light and easy, and you shall find rest for your soul. Well, if we choose not to wear his yoke, then we get other yokes. And so we'll be talking about the different yokes that you can get when you don't wear the yoke of Jesus. But a yoke is a picture of subjection or servitude. And so a yoke can be a, a heavy yoke, a yoke that's not of the Lord, could be grueling, shaping, and annoying, where the yoke of Jesus is light and easy, and you find rest for your soul. And so a yoke is a picture of subjection or servitude. And, of course, to come under the yoke of Jesus, it requires us giving up our life and not just giving him part of our life. It means total submission to the Lordship of Jesus. And it's a walk. It's not a one-time thing. It's something that we do. Paul said, I die daily. So, so we have to continue to die to our flesh that we be able to wear the yoke of Jesus. And if we don't wear the yoke of Jesus, we automatically get a different yoke. And it's grueling, shaping, and annoying. And uh, one of the yokes that, that we receive because of disobedience, which is a curse, in Deuteronomy twenty-eight forty-eight, it says, um, he says, it says, therefore you shall serve your enemies. And, of course, Paul said your enemies are not flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. He said you'll serve your enemies in hunger and thirst and nakedness and the lack of all things. And he'll put an iron yoke on your neck until you're destroyed. Well, you can't break off an iron yoke. And so if you don't wear the yoke of Jesus, you get a yoke of iron. And the yoke of iron, is where it says, and you'll serve your enemies in hunger and thirst and nakedness, that's just the opposite of Matthew 6.33, which says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So there's the yoke of pride. There's the yoke of, of iron, and that's a curse in Deuteronomy. And the demons carry out the curse. And, of course, Proverbs 26, 2 says a curse without a cause cannot lie. So if you're under a curse, there has to be a cause. People can't just curse you unless there's a reason. I have so many people call me and tell me that they're being attacked by people that are in the occult. Well, you can't be attacked unless there's an open door. So you have to find out. Where is the open door and close it, and then that closes off the enemy. So learn to, to ask God whatever you go through. If you don't hear anything else, learn to ask God whatever you go through. Lord, what are you trying to teach me? And then repent of whatever he shows you, and uh, there is deliverance. Deliverance is James 4, 7. Give yourself to God and resist the devil, and he'll flee. And then there's self-inflicted yokes. And basically, a yoke that uh, is a per like a self-inflicted yoke is an expectation I have of myself. And then other people put yokes on us. That's they have expectations of us, and we see this in marriages. We put yokes on our mates. You know, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to meet my needs. You need to love me. You need to blah blah blah. You need to you need to which is all idolatry. And the, the heaviest yokes I've had in my life are self-inflicted yokes, yokes I put on myself for expectations that I've had of myself. But the yokes that other people um, have had on you is because of fear of man will cause you to compromise. If you're a person that fears man more than you fear God, then you'll wear the yoke of whoever is trying to put one on you. I was thinking this morning when I was praying, and I was thinking, you know, today and all that we're going through, all the voices that people are hearing, uh, voices of fear. I mean, it. I cannot even turn on the news. It makes me so mad. I'm so tired of hearing about the virus, which is just a curse. When actually there's been, I think, the truth be known, there's probably only been about 11,000 people have it. I, I heard a report of the CDC and it was by on X-22 report, and he said that 
basically of all the thousands that are supposed to coronavirus, um, most of it was pneumonia and influenza, and that actually was like 11,000 people out of the 50, 60,000, however many supposed to have it. And I also just uh, heard a lady out in California just told me that that uh, one of the reasons that the coronavirus tallies are so high is that the hospitals basically are empty. And so what they're doing is if a person dies dies in the hospital, I think they get like 13,000. But if, it's, if they can say it's coronavirus, the hospital gets 39,000. So you go figure. But anyway, it's not anything to fear. God says, if you walk uprightly before me, that if your ways please me, he says, it makes even your enemies to be at peace with you. Psalms 91 says, because you make the Lord your refuge, even the most high your habitation, no evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your dwelling. In fact, in uh, Revelation, God pours out plagues on those who worship the beast because of idolatry. So fear not. Uh, just get your life right with the Lord and just crawl up in his lap and just trust him. Um, I just want to ask you this question. Most people nowadays listening to the news, people are trusting the doctors more than they trust in God. Believers are scared to death. That's ridiculous. A believer should be able to trust God. Now, let me tell you something. If you have fear of what's going on in the world, that probably tells me that you grew up in a family where you weren't protected and because parents model for us a picture of what God's like, we renounce we we believe a lie that God's not going to protect us, and we have to protect ourselves. Because if you grew up having to protect yourself, you still think that you're having to protect yourself, and then you're scared to death because you know think you can protect yourself. Well, you can't. God is, God will protect you. You know, I was blessed to grow up with a dad that always protected me, so it was easier for me to believe that God would protect me. And that's not just saying, well, ha-ha, I had a good daddy, and you didn't. That's just to tell you, hey, God is not like your earthly father. Psalms 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God will abide under the shadow and protection of the Almighty. So we need to find the secret place. And you find the secret place by yielding your life 100% to God and trusting him by coming under his yoke, which is a picture of coming under God's control. Because it's light and it's easy and you find rest for your soul. And when you wear other people's yokes, it's because you fear man more than you fear God. You believe the doctor more than you believe God. And that shouldn't be so in the life of a believer. So we're not to wear other people's yokes. Um, and when you wear other people's yokes, you have soul ties. And a soul tie is a connected connection in the spirit. You can, it can be connected like a thread, like a string, like a rope, like a cable, like a chain, depending on the depth of the soul tie. And so when you have a soul tie with another person and they're controlling you because you're wearing their yoke, then you get their demons of whoever controls you. You get the emotional problems, the physical problems, the mental problems and the sickness of whoever is controlling you. And so those soul ties have to be broken, but they can only be broken as you repent of your sin. In 1 Kings 12, 4, uh, Jeroboam and some Israelites, they went to Rehoboam, who was the king, and they said, you know, your father has put a heavy yoke on our neck, and he's put a heavy burden on us, and if you'll lighten our load and take off the yoke, we'll serve you. And, of course, his answer came, that he wouldn't do that. He was going to make their yoke heavier. Um, and this is also, this pride yoke can also be a cause of glaucoma. <clears throat> I was uh, diagnosed with glaucoma in 2016. And praise God, God's showing me these things. I don't have glaucoma anymore. Well, bless the Lord for that. But uh, yoke of pride, it says in Psalm 73, uh, this, this can also be a cause of neck problems. It says in Psalm 73, so pride is their necklace, and you can't see the necklace. I mean, it's a, something that you, can, you cannot see and fit with physical eyes. It says pride is the necklace, your, their necklace. And, of course, Satan's king of the sons of pride. 
God says when we humble ourselves and wear his yoke, then his, the life, his personality comes through. It's humility. It takes humility to, to um, come under the yoke of Jesus. But Psalm 73 says, so pride is their necklace. And Job 41 says, Satan is king over the sons of pride. So it says, so pride is their necklace. The garment of violence covers and their eyes bulge with fatness. And that word bulge means in the Hebrew to swell out. And so that's one of the causes of glaucoma. And, you know, when you're in fear, that can cause you to have pressure build up in your eyes. And fear can cause that. Uh, one of the things the Lord showed me, and this is kind of a sidetrack, one day I was think, I was thinking, I had a, my secretary was very sickly, and I was thinking, oh, goodness, what if I lose my secretary? What am I going to do if I don't have her? And the Lord said, you're in fear. And I went, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't even realize that I was stressing out over this. And I said, if you'll remind me when I'm stressing out, I'll repent. I'll let it go. And so from then on, I began to let things go when I'd start stressing which is pride, because if you stress, you're not trusting the Lord. You're trusting yourself. And so when I would start stressing out, I would just let it go. And uh, in 2016, I mean, since then, I've been healed of glaucoma. I'm waiting for God to heal some other things, but I'm trusting him, uh, and I thank the Lord. But pride is their necklace. The garment of violence covers them. That means in the Hebrew, the attire of the harlot, which is, a harlot is a person that commits spiritual adultery. So when the Bible's talking about harlot, it's talking about a physical harlot, but it's also talking about a spiritual harlot, a spirit of adultery. Um, so it says the garment of violence covers them, and that's the attire of the harlot, and their eyes swell out and bulge with fatness, which means to swell out. And, you know, when you have glaucoma, pressure builds up and your eyes swell out. And then there's yokes of fear um, that we get if we don't wear the yoke of Jesus. And, you know, fear is faith in what the devil's saying. In fact, fear is faith in the wrong God. And so fear will destroy your fruitfulness. Romans 8 says, um, it says in Romans 8 that if you live after the flesh, you'll die. But if by the spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And it goes on to say, Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Well, how are you led by the Spirit of God? You're led by dying to your flesh, by by aligning yourself with God. Um, that means to choose his way over your way, his attitudes over your attitudes, his plan over your plan, his word over your word. So sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And then the opposite of that, it says, for we who are led by the Spirit of God have not received a spirit of slavery King James says the spirit of bondage whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. So if we're wearing the, if we're not wearing the yoke of Jesus, we are wearing, we're, we've got a yoke of fear, which uh, subjects us to slavery our whole life. It's like if you, um, if you, if you've got a yoke of bondage or a yoke of slavery, it means that you're constantly, you're letting fear dominate your life. And a lot of that fear comes in through how you grew up as a child. Were you protected? Were you loved? Were you nurtured? Were you taken care of? Um, and see, all of these daddy-mother issues have to be forgiven because to get rid of the fear, you have to forgive your parents and renounce the lie that God's just like them because he's not. And so if you don't wear the yoke of Jesus, you have owned a yoke of fear. King James says the yoke of bondage. New American Standard says a yoke of slavery, uh, which causes you to, to be in fear your whole life. And so if you're a fearful person, you need to get off that yoke of slavery, that yoke of bondage. You know, Jesus came to set us free. To He shed his precious blood at Calvary to heal us, to deliver us, to set us free so that we can live the abundant life. And it says, you know, he, he came to break every yoke off our necks. Isaiah 9, 4 says, for unto us as a child is born, under, unto us a son is given. Uh, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And it says his government will be without end. So regardless of what's going on in the world, um, 
his government is without end. He's in control. In fact, I really see God in so much that's gone on. I see the fruit already of people that have been so busy running after this, running after their idols, and now they were, they've been stranded at home. And I see how God has used that in a lot of people's lives to cause them to take an inventory of their lives, to get their life right with God. Because you can be here today and gone tomorrow. I want to live in such a way, and I'm not saying I always do, but with all my heart, I want to seek God so that when I stand before him, he'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I have to admit, this past, since uh, almost the past year has, has probably been the hardest year of my life. But you know what? I'm going to live my life and do what I can as long as I can to please God. And it's really taken me deeper with God, and it's been a good thing. And so thank the Lord. It's helping me find the secret place, and that's a place of his presence. And then there's yoke. It says the yoke will be broken because of fatness or because of the anointing. In uh, Isaiah 10, 27, it says, so the burden will be lifted and the yoke will be broken because of fatness, and that's because of the anointing. And the anointing is a special endowment of the Holy Spirit. And so... Um, in fact, I'm reminded of the scripture in First John that says to believers, you have no need of an anointing because the anointing abides in you. And so as we yield to God and, and yield our lives, present our bodies to him as a living sacrifice, then that anointing is in us and that what, that's what breaks our yoke off. And then there's uh, yokes that come on us because of spiritual adultery. Uh, it says in Lamentations 1, uh, 1 through, I'm sorry, 114. It says, the yoke of my transgressions have me bound. They're knit together. They've come upon my neck. And it says, he has caused my strength to fail. And he has turned me over to ruffians. He's turned me over to uh, people, and I'm paraphrasing, and which I'm not able to stand. And that's in uh, Lamentations chapter uh, 1, verse 14. You see, God doesn't just do this. If you step outside of his, his, if you pictured God's presence or Psalms 91 like a big umbrella, as long as you're under there, you're submitted to his lordship wearing the yoke of Jesus. You step outside of that umbrella and you'll get another yoke because that's outside of God's presence where the fiery darts fly in fact the whole book of lamentations is about a spiritual harlot a spiritual adulterer and 90 at least 90 percent of church members are spiritual adulterers because they don't deal with their heart issues they just deal with their outward appearance and see that a religious a good sign of a religious person is in a pharisee basically is people that deal with the outward appearance and they never deal with their heart issues they keep their anger they keep their bitterness they keep their fear their worry and God tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. In the life of a believer, there's no place for anger to be. There's no place where we should get our button pushed. There's no places where we should be in fear, no place we should worry. There's no place we should be hurt or depressed. You see, all of that is idolatry, and you have to let it all go. You know, I could think about, um, I mean, I could think about my life, and I could think about a lot of people. There's a lot of people that love me, a lot of people that I'm in the ministry, and then there's people that I'm closer to that hardly give me the time of day. And I can be hurt about that, but you know what? I let it go because I want God to be glorified, and so I could get all in a in a huff and whatever, but you don't want robots. You want people to love you because they love you. And basically, you just want God to be glorified. And so that means we have to stay dead to ourselves and to our flesh. And when we don't, we live after our flesh. The scripture says we'll die. And, you know, one of the, one of the big causes of sickness is bitterness and unforgiveness. And if you're holding bitterness and unforgiveness in your life, you need to repent of it. And if you're sick, you need to ask God to show you the sin in your life that you need to repent of and just to, and, and I'll just give you an example. My precious, uh, a precious lady came to my house the day before yesterday, and she said she struggled all night with a headache. 
and it, right in the back of her neck, she had a headache. And I said, and so I said, well, why don't you just ask the Lord to show you all of the things that you've, any sin in your life, and then tell me when you're through, and I'll pray for you. And you know that her headache was instantly healed when she just repented of probably, I didn't ask her, but it was probably worry or fear or stress. And so um, we need to yield our members to God as instruments of righteousness. And so um, it says in Lamentations that he's made my strength fail. God's done it. When I don't stay under the yoke, I, I don't stay under God's refuge. I step outside of it. Listen, I have no energy, no fat, no, no, um, no strength to stand. In fact, he's my covenant partner. He's the one that gives me strength. Many times when I go out and walk, uh, last year I did a word study on strength because I, I haven't learned to enjoy walking two miles a day, especially as hot as it is. But anyway, after going through that word study, now when I walk and I think, oh, goodness, I'm so tired, I say, God, I call on your strength. And, you know, God gives me strength to finish the walk. And, of course, I need strength. Have, sometimes I'll, I'll try to talk myself out of it, but God wants us to and not trust our own strength. And then hardness of heart is another reason why we, um, why we wear a yoke. Um, in Hosea chapter 10, God tells us to break up the fallow ground, which is ground that's laid waste. And, of course, we're soil, according to Mark 4, um, Matthew 13, and Luke 8, we're soil. And so um, it, it tells us, and we're spiritual gardens. And he tells us in Hosea 10 to break up our fallow ground because it's time to seek the Lord and that we're to sow and you're sowing good or evil every day of your life, every minute of your life. He tells us to sow with a, with a, with a view to righteousness. In other words, let your sowing be such that you're going to get good fruit back and it says, and so that you'll reap in accordance with kindness and, uh, and then it goes on to say Ephraim, which means double fruit. It was a picture of Israel. And you see uh, double fruit in the church today, double-minded people. It says Ephraim loves to thresh. In other words, he don't. the word thresh in the Hebrew means he likes to tramp his garden harder. And it says Judah, which means praise, Judah plows and Jacob harrows. In other words, you plow up the dirt and you level it. But Ephraim hardens his heart because he loves to thresh. He tramps down his garden. So um, he, he, it, says, it says in Hosea 10, God says, I will come upon Ephraim's neck with a fair yoke. That's in Hosea 10. And then there's yokes of the Pharisees. In uh, Acts 15:10. Peter rebukes the Pharisees for putting, it says, why do you put God to the test uh, by putting a yoke on the disciples that neither they nor their fathers have been able to bear? In other words, through expectations, through putting somebody under your, your rule or your law, Peter rebukes the Pharisees for doing that. And so that's a good sign that you're a Pharisee when you have this whole list of things that people have to jump through your hoops uh god doesn't god wants us to submit to authority but thank god we don't have to submit to demons only christ in a person we submit to the jesus in someone else now god calls us to freedom he says in galatians 5 1 um it was for freedom that i called you don't subject yourself again to a yoke of slavery another place it says don't be slaves of men and I'm not counseling rebellion against authority. I'll just give you some examples in the Bible. You remember, remember when um, David went to Nabal? And I think it's in, I don't know, I don't know what, what scripture it is. But he went to Nabal, <clears throat> Abigail's husband, and wanted provision. And, and, and so Nabal refused it and said, why should I give my stuff to David or whatever, paraphrasing. And then um, he, then David was going to go kill Nabal. And Abigail went around her husband's authority 
to save her husband. She went around her husband's authority. Of course, God struck Mabel dead. And if she'd have been in rebellion, he would have, God would have struck her dead. And then another instance is Acts chapter 5, where Ananias and Sapphira, remember Ananias lied to the Holy Spirit and, and God struck him dead. And then later his wife comes in and Peter said, is it true, Sapphira, that you have agreed with, the, that you sold the land for such and such a price? And she said, yes. And then he said, why have you agreed with, why have you agreed to do such a thing? And then God let her die. Another example would be Nebuchadnezzar when he built a golden image and he commanded that everyone in his kingdom bow down to it. And uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, oh, king, we cannot bow down to your false god. And then, you know, the story, he put him in a fiery furnace and heated it, I don't know how many times, 10 times, seven times, I forgot how many times. But then Nebuchadnezzar saw four men in there not just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but the fourth man in there was Jesus. And had they bowed down to his golden image, um, they they would have been killed in the furnace. But Nebuchadnezzar looked in there and saw that, and he said, oh, come out of there, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There's no God like your God. You know, we have to have, we have, to have the courage to stand up for righteousness and stand up for truth. God gives you a conscience, and he gives you the Holy Spirit, and we need to do things that align ourselves, the Holy Spirit, and with God. And, of course, he wants us to submit to authority, but it's as unto the Lord. And uh, Jesus uh, gives us the invitation. His yoke breaks every other yoke. When I come under his control, every other yoke is broken. Matthew eleven twenty nine through 30 says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And I've already quoted this. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble, and you shall find rest for your soul, for my burden is light and my load is easy. Any other yoke is grueling, shaping, and annoying. And, of course, um, there's conditions for us wearing the yoke of Jesus and its submission to his lordship. There's conditions, and our, our flesh has to die. We have to choose his way over our way, his attitudes over our attitudes, his will over our will, his way over our way, his plan over our plan. And when we refuse to to die, Hebrews chapter 2 says that the fear, the, the fear of death, the fear of dying has subjected, will subject you to slavery your whole life. So when we don't die to our flesh, we are subjected to slavery. Now, God gives us a commission as his disciples, and our commission is found in, um, let me find a reference here. I've gone down too far. In Isaiah 58, 6, where it says, Is not this the fast which I choose, to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bonds of the yoke, and to let the press go free, and to break every yoke? And that's a commission that God gives believers. It says in uh, Mark, um, I think it's the last chapter of Mark, it says, um, these signs shall follow those who believe. They shall cast out devils, speak in new tongues, lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. And then in Matthew 28, God uh, commands the disciples to do everything that he taught them to do, and that was heal the sick, cast out devils, break every yoke uh, of bondage. And so as believers, we have a commission. In fact, we should be living our life every minute for God instead of living our life for this world. I ask God all the time to teach me to number my days. And I pray this for each person who listens. Lord, teach us to number our days so that we might present to you a heart of wisdom. Or well, how do we get free? Well, I already said wearing the yoke of Jesus breaks off every yoke. And you have to be born again. If you're not born again, I don't mean just believing in Jesus with your head because the demons believe and the devil believes. And there's many people that say they're believers, but they continue on living in sin. And God says in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 8 and 9, that that no, no fornicator, no liar, adulterous thief, um, slander, gossip, uh, drunkard will enter the kingdom of heaven and so just because a person prays a prayer to believe 
believe in Jesus. Uh, and and I heard someone email me today and said they they know people doing this and they even speak in tongues. Well, do you know that Satanists can speak in tongues? Do you know that uh, Buddhist monks can speak in tongues? And there's a false tongue and there's a true tongue. Satan counterfeits everything that God does. And so look at the fruit of Jesus said, judge a tree by the kind of fruit it bears. In Matthew 7, it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father who's in heaven. And, and they will say, well, but Lord, didn't we preach in your name? Didn't we prophesy in your name? And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. And so being born again means that you come under the submission of, of God. Doesn't mean you're perfect. You're still a work in progress. And I've been a Christian probably over 60 years, and I'm still a work in progress. But it means that you are with all you know to do, you're giving your life to him. And then Jesus said, if any man would come after me, he has to deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. You know, most of what people do today, even a lot of the prayer meetings are in the flesh rather than in the spirit. And so if you have been born again, nobody can talk you out of it. If you've been born again, you know that you know that you know that there's been a transformation in your life. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. You know, before I was born again, I cursed like a sailor. Smoked three packs of cigarettes a day, and I'm not proud of it. In fact, I asked God again to forgive me for being so stupid. But... um, I remember after I was born again, a curse word came out of my mouth, and I said to God, God, that doesn't sound like anything that could come out of a a Christian's mouth, and God set me free that day over 60 years ago from profanity. And so God says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. And then come under Jesus' yoke because it breaks every other yoke. Pen of fear of man. Because fear of man is compromise. You know, I know people that fear man more than they fear God. I know people that are so double-minded that when it's like a a double-minded person is like a schizophrenia personality. It's like uh, one minute the demons are roaring through them. They don't believe the word or anything in the word. And they don't believe in deliverance. They don't believe in the word of God. They're not have really, they have no interest in the word of God. And then there's another side of them that are so compliant that they're just so agreeable. Yeah, I believe in God. And so God says a double-minded man will get nothing from God. You're going to have to put both feet into God's kingdom and quit straddling the fence and, uh, and quit fearing man. Because if you fear man, you're going to fear everything. In fact, every fear in your life has to be dealt with if you're going to be an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Everything that makes you angry has to be dealt with if you're going to be an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Everything that hurts you has to be forgiven and let go of. Everything that depresses you, you have to let go. You see, the living overcoming life means that we've got a lot of things wrong with us, but one by one we're going to conquer those things and we're going to possess our land and we're going to drive out the enemy from our land. And so praise God because of what Jesus did at Calvary, we're able to live the abundant life. Jesus said he he has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. I want to ask you a question. Are you living an abundant life? If not, you need to give yourself 100% to God and make God your first priority. That doesn't mean you don't work. It doesn't mean that you just sit down and do nothing. It doesn't mean that you can't ever be busy. It just means that God's your priority. When... It means like, you know, if you work a job, you have to be there at 8 o'clock. Get up at 4 o'clock in the morning if you have to and spend time with God. When you spend time with God and you spend time in his word, your whole day goes better. So um, if you can receive all of that, you just repent, and I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to lead you in repentance, and I'm just going to pray with you. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, if, and I'm speaking to those who don't know if they're born again. Lord, I present my body to you as a living sacrifice. Forgive me that I, even though I've prayed the prayer to receive you in the past or I haven't, 
I'm willing to deny myself and take up my cross from this day forward and follow you. Lord, I thank you that you're going to help me live for you because, Lord, I can't do it, but you can. I ask you to empower me and, and possess my body with the power of your Holy Spirit. I invite you, Jesus, to come in. Thank you for dying for my sin. Thank you for what you did at Calvary in Jesus' name. And, Lord, for all the rest of you, all of you, I present my body to you, Lord, as a living sacrifice. I offer up to you my members as instruments of righteousness. I give you my will that your will might prevail. And, Lord, I ask you to show me every yoke that needs to be broken off my life in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for fear, doubt, unbelief, hurt, worry, jealousy. God, forgive me for for being more uh, interested in what the doctor says or what some man says or what the TV says than what your word says. And so, Lord, I just repent of disobedience to your voice and your commandments. Uh, I just repent in the name of Jesus that would cause you to to cause me to serve my enemies and hunger and thirst and nakedness and the lack of all things and you to put an iron yoke on my neck. Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me for being so prideful. You said Satan is king over the sons of pride. Forgive me for letting Satan be king. Lord, I humble myself before your throne. God, forgive me for living after the flesh. Uh, God, forgive me for not walking in the spirit. Uh, Forgive me for receiving a yoke of bondage, a yoke of slavery that has subjected me to fear my whole life. Lord, I've just been a fearful person. I forgive my mother and father for not protecting me, not nurturing me, not providing for me, that I had to just take care of myself. Lord, I, I renounce the lie that you're just like my mother and father. I thank you, Lord, that you're nothing like them. And I just praise you, Lord. Forgive me for having yokes that I put on myself. Lord, I come under your yoke. God, forgive me for um, for disobedience to your voice and your commandments, which would cause you to uh, cause me to serve my enemies and hunger and thirst and nakedness and the lack of all things, and you to put an iron yoke on my neck until I'm destroyed. Lord, forgive me for letting other people control me and Forgive me for letting living the life of the controller rather than the life that you have for me. Lord, I break all those soul ties with every person that's controlled me. Forgive me for being a controller. Forgive me for controlling other people. Lord, forgive me for witchcraft uh, in Jesus' name. Lord, I humble myself before you. Forgive me for having this pride necklace. I just ask you to take it off. Uh, Forgive me for stressing. Forgive me for... um, fear forgive me for not walking in the spirit thank you jesus that you came to die on the cross for my sin for my deliverance for my healing thank you that the yoke is broken because of fatness thank you for that special endowment of your holy spirit forgive me for spiritual adultery which would cause um you to cause the yoke of my transgression to have me bound uh and cause me to lose my strength and and cause my strength to fail and for you to turn me over to, to a people that I'm not able to stand against. And, Lord, I just ask in the name of Jesus that you forgive me for uh, spiritual adultery. Forgive me for hardness of heart. Forgive me for being just like Ephraim, making my heart harder, trampling down my garden, which would cause you to put a yoke on my neck. Lord, I choose your yoke. Forgive me for being a Pharisee. Forgive me for all the expectations that I've put on my family and my mate. And, Lord, um, I know I'm supposed to have certain expectations of my children to obey, but, Lord, cause me to give them the freedom to fail so that they can learn from their mistakes. Forgive me for spoiling them and not disciplining them putting a yoke on other people's necks that they're not able to bear god forgive me that you've called me to freedom and um and i've come under a yoke of slavery forgive me for being a slave of other people lord i come under your yoke that's light and easy and i find rest for my soul god forgive me for um not choosing your fast. So 
Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me for um, not breaking the bonds of wickedness and undoing the bonds of the yoke and letting the oppressed go free. God, forgive me for um, not breaking every yoke. Forgive me for not exercising the authority that you've given me in Mark chapter 4. I don't know if it's Mark 4. I think it's Mark 28. Forgive me, Lord, for not um, healing the sick, casting out devils, and um, preaching the gospel. And, Lord, help me live the rest of my life pleasing you. In Jesus' name, I bless you, Lord, and I yield my life to you. And, Lord, I just forgive my forefathers for wearing all these yokes that have come on me generationally. I break generational curses, soul tie curses, cultural curses of the yokes I was born under. I put that under the blood of Jesus, and I say it goes no further in Jesus' name. Now I command every spirit to, that came in through the sins we've confessed to leave now in Jesus' name. I break your power over every life in Jesus' name. Praise you, mighty God. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, mighty God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness, for your mercy. Thank you for your deliverance in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. If anyone needs prayer, you can call in. Dorothy, I don't have the number. Can you tell me what the number is for people to call in? The number well, the number is 646-595-4700. And don't forget to press 1. If you want prayer, you call in. I'll be happy to pray for you. And I'm going to give you a few minutes to be um, digesting all of that and just tell you that we come on um, Blog Talk Radio the first and third uh, Tuesdays. I mean, first and third, yes, Tuesdays of each month from 7 to 9 p.m. Usually we get through earlier than 9 p.m. And um, you can email me at Jerry McGee, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E at sbcglobal.net. And I'll answer your emails. If I can answer any questions or if I can be a help to you, feel free to email me. I always answer my emails if they're not advertisements. I get a lot of those. And uh, you can write me at Post Office Box 1141, Lindale, Texas. 75771. Uh, I'll be starting the Corsicana, Texas meetings. Uh, I'll be starting them up again July, uh, June the 6th, 2020. And I'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp July the, f- the 4th weekend, uh, 2020. And um, if you would like to go to the Bible Camp, you can um, go to lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com and get all the information. We have prayer teams that pray for people there, and I just encourage you to come. I tell people uh, to come to all the meetings if they can. They meet every holiday, and uh, we haven't met the last couple of months, but we're going to start meeting again in July, and uh, I encourage you to come. It's very inexpensive to go, and I don't know of a better place where you can get deliverance. I tell people that after you come for about a year, And you keep coming, you don't even know yourself at the end of the year, you get so much deliverance. And it's really a great place to go. And um, anyway, I encourage you to go to my website, Jerry McGee, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. There's a lot of uh, free things that you can um, print out, a lot of things that you can print out. And there's also a lot of free CDs you can listen to. And um, there's a place to sign up for my email list. Uh, We've started sending out daily thoughts of encouragement again. It's been a long time since I've done this because, I mean regularly, because uh, I've had some uh, problems. And now my secretary, is I give her the thought and she puts it together, which is a blessing to me. And um, anyway, um, and also if you would like to give to the ministry, you can uh, send a gift through PayPal. And also the lady that, uh, Dorothy Carruthers, who is so sweet to host this program, you can also send her a gift uh, through dchurchy1 
at hotmail.com. But sign up for my email and, and contact me. I like to know, I like to hear what God's done. If he's done a work in your life, I like to hear about it to give him the glory and the honor. And uh, if I can, uh, if you want a, a meeting done in your church or in your city, uh, just uh, email me and I'll, I'll go wherever the Lord leads me. And I surely thank you for listening in. I hope you'll listen again. And I thank you, those of you who support the ministry. I'm so grateful. I pray for all of you. And I pray for those of you who listen to the programs. And so um, if there's not anybody uh, calling in for prayer, uh, I just say, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you even more peace.